This week on the Jock and Nerd Podcast, we've got new release dates from Marvel as the entire MCU Phase 4 slate gets pushed back. Disney Plus hits a big subscription milestone, and you'll get our thoughts on the recently launched mobile-only streaming service, Quibi. Wowie zowie! Plus a listener-sponsored review of the wacky cult comedy Raising Arizona and a whole bunch more. All in this edition of the Jock and Nerd Weekly for Thursday, April 9th, 2020. Hey, this is Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman. Welcome to the Jock and Nerd Podcast. Remember, Batman's got your back. Check. Check one. All right. This is really fans out there. Let's give it up. Jock and Nerd. Oh yeah, what's up? Hello, listener, and welcome to the Jock and Nerd Podcast, where we deliver comic book and superhero TV and movie news, reviews, and whatever we choose. Jock and Nerd! My name is Imran. My name is Anthony. He's the Jock. He's the Nerd. And joining us over there is a puppet with a panty on his head. Uh, we call him Rug Boy. What's up, Rugs? I'm going to get out of jail one day soon. And I'll be a, I'll be a changed man. Are you using that panty as a mask? You know, you're supposed to be wearing a mask outside. It's breathable. Uh, you guys, do I sound any different? I thought we we're supposed to be wearing these masks all the time. Do I sound like Spider Man? <laughs> you're wearing your mask now. I'm wearing it right now. Oh, shit. Are you really? Yeah. Yes. Oh. Wasn't that the edict from the authorities? You should probably just keep it on. I for the probably rest of your life. should. Oh wait, this is just for outside. Uh, yeah, but you're doing the country a disservice. Regardless, by not wearing that I mask. just should have leave the house People at start all. looking at that weird beard and going, why did he dye it like this? Uh, you know what? I'm taking this off because it's fogging up my goddamn glasses. I like that people are making masks out of bras. Yes. You see that on, you just see that on the interwebs? Yeah, that's very uh, ingenious and a great way to reuse resources. You should make them out of thongs. I mean, <laughs> I don't really oh, smell. Shit. I don't go around smelling bras, but are bras smelly? No, I don't I'm, I'm assuming that you could. It probably smell like sweat if it wasn't washed. Like tit sweat. Yeah, yeah. That doesn't sound pleasant. That, so you know, you have to get a new bra to make a bra mask. Okay, bra. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Seriously, you guys, you're not wearing masks when you go out in stores. It's very important. I don't go out. Oh, that's a good point. I haven't left my my domicile in a very long time. Also, the way my beard has turned white it, at a quick glance, it looks like I'm already wearing a mask, which is a win for me. A I'm, white mask? Yes, unless I Did open my mouth. Did everything turn white now, Imran? <laughs> well, the majority of the front center is like a big white mass. What about your pubes? Oh, you don't want to know. That's quite. <laughs> I mean, he always avoids that question. I told you when we did. He never the, really answered. Listen, it. when we did the Manscape ad, I told you it looks like Santa Claus had a beard trim when I'm done. So that should <laughs> oh, okay. Fine. Fair <laughs> enough. Oh, shit. Just wanted. Just wanted clarification. Floppy jog. Look, when the hair goes white with vitiligo, it goes white with the vitiligo. Uh, look, for any historians listening to this in the way in the future, maybe five years or a the year. The history of Imran's pubes. The history of my pubes coincides with. Can you imagine like historians in like 500 years from now are, yes. are 
tracing through old files <laughs> yes. and they find this podcast. They're like, oh, I've always wanted to know what the 21st century was like. <laughs> and and they, they put on our this. show to, to decipher what was going <laughs> well, on. Well, look, we got to tell them that we're still in the thick of the Rona, uh, you know, hitting the peak uh, soon. You still have albinos? We got rid of those a long time ago. <laughs> if the internet even exists, it's still shut down Rona, future person. Uh, you know, hopefully, look, this is what I hope is that when they do look back at this, it's going to be, they're going to be like, oh, remember when all that got crazy with the Rona and everything back, went back to normal instead of them going, oh, that was the beginning of the end uh, <laughs> that we're listening to right now. That's when everything changed forever. I hope it's the first one and not the second one. We'll see. Hang in there, everyone. I hope so, too. I got a lot of life to live. I can't wash my hands anymore. We're they're so dry. We're halfway through it, at least. Yeah, hopefully. We're halfway through. We'll get there, listener, together. You know? And we're here to keep you comfort, familiar voices with some uh, uh, alleged humor. We will try. Have <laughs> you been immediately affected by this, Imran? What do you mean? Has anybody that you know gotten oh, it? Not yet. The closest yet. was... Uh, as an employee at the Mariano's grocery store down the street from my mom's house where I go, had it, got what, got it. That's it. No one that I know personally. Anybody else? Do you guys know anyone personally? Yes. Uh, oh, wow. shit. Oh, shit. All right. Well, not personally like a friend, yeah. but like person that I know, um, their family has been affected. Mm. Man. Well, I hope they get better. Yeah. Wish him the best. And I hope everyone gets better. And uh, we can move on with our life, just like we're going to move on to the geek news right now. The Jock, Jock and Nerd Podcast. Yeah, for the future people, it's still this clip. This is crazy. This is crazy. This is crazy. Like every day. That's still that clip is going on in my head every day as this thing goes on. Uh, now, uh, this week, uh, the one big piece of news, uh, Disney uh, rescheduled. A lot of their movies that they had pulled off the release schedules that were hanging in the air, specifically for our case, the entire MCU Phase 4 landscape gets pushed back. Oh, shit. Here's what the new dates are. Black Widow, that was supposed to open May 1st, is now going to open on the Eternals date, November 6th, 2020. Hmm. So we'll have one. Hopefully we can salvage one MCU movie for 2020, which will be Black Widow. Eternals has now been pushed to Shang-Chi's date, February 12th, 2021. Now you can see where this is going. Shang-Chi has now been pushed to Doctor Strange's date, which is May 7th, 2021. Doctor Strange 2, directed by Sam Raimi. So that's official? Yes. These are Sam Raimi? Yeah. I think the Sam nice. Raimi is, is official. Huh. I'm pretty sure because they, they didn't have a director. Uh, but, you know, I haven't. That's a good point. I haven't heard. It's, I thought it was. I'm going to assume it is. <laughs> Let's, well, like we have computers in front of well, us. Well, you look it up. Well, I tell you, Doctor Strange 2 now is coming out November 5th, 2021. This was the, the date for Thor Love and Thunder, which is now coming out February 18th, 2022. Black Panther stays on May 8th, 2022. And we have a new release date. Geek Mover. Captain Marvel 2 moved up mm. to July 8th. 2020 that got announced yes that apparently that had a date too july 29th I didn't, I didn't know that either it was july 29th they moved that up to july 28th so that gives us one mcu movie this year three 2021 and three in 2022 i don't know what's happening with the spider-man 3 which they couldn't start production or it had to halt uh no word on that and no word on 
the Disney Plus series is, is Falcon and Winter Soldier and Ew. WandaVision. Nice crack. Beer. Nice crack open at the beer rugs. Get lit. Uh, they haven't you said, can edit that out later. No, we're leaving that in. It adds color. Yeah. Well, I'm just looking it. at the Sam Raimi thing. It looks like every all indications are he's directing, but I didn't yeah. see anything official. Yeah, everyone is just saying it's a thing. But uh, yeah, I don't think I saw official word. But they gave it a new date. The Disney Plus shows are supposed to air this year later, but they have not finished filming. Yeah, that's not happening. Well, it might it might be later this year, but definitely not on schedule. And if you have to push back Black Widow and the whole Phase Four, do those shows? Also, proportionally now, everything can get pushed back. This is going to be the longest break we've had for MC, between MCU movies since like 2010. Uh, Spider-Man Far From Home, which seems like such a long time ago, <laughs> was the last MCU movie we got. And uh, it's weird that they're usually, throughout the year, we've gotten used to Marvel movies ruling like every quarter. And it's suddenly very weird and quiet. Yeah, everything. I mean, everything's affected, including Marvel. Nothing, nothing is immune. Even big bad Disney. Even the House of Mouse. So, for what it's worth, speaking of Disney and ESPN, yeah, uh, Disney, which owns ESPN, uh, Dana White. Did you see this stuff that yeah. was coming out? What does he want to do uh, with the UFC? So, the UFC had an event for April eighteenth that was in Brooklyn, New York. Obviously, they can't do it there. Yeah. Most of the country shut down. So, there's been this big story because dana white still wants to push for it and he announced maybe two days ago this is a we're recording on thursday that they, they're still going to do it they're going to do it on an indian reservation <laughs> in in california okay so they're going to do the fight and then he also said he secured a private island that's what i saw and they're going to do international oh, fights shit. so basically it'd be like the like blood sport yes with, like yeah, yeah like Alligators surrounding the mo- like all you know. Oh my god! That's what everyone fight, was like. Fight drawing. island, yeah, fight island. Yes. He was calling it fight island. Fight island is amazing. So he was going full steam ahead, and then today it came out that ESPN and Disney were like, "Hey, buddy, hold your horses. We're not." Doing this. Oh no! Yeah, it's a little. Ambitious. I would love that. How- he's he's still saying he's he's going to honor that and be true to his partners, but he's like, "I'm still building fight island. God damn it's it. going to happen." I wanted this to be something real and that way they can make a movie about it in like 10 years and it this, can be based yes. on something true yeah this is like a really the fight island thing caught everyone's imagination fight island it's better than the Firefest documentary that's for sure uh fight island is like no a- one knows where fight island w- is anyway by the way <laughs> the first rule of fight island you do not talk about fight island oh shit <laughs> that's how it goes down this is like a bad sci-fi movie though like <laughs> fight island it? you could have several sequels he he when they were interviewing, he was like, I got an island. I've secured ah. an island, and I'm building the infrastructure to have international fights. And all these guys are like, sign me up. I want to go to <laughs> It sounds like the movie island. DOA, if anybody's ever seen it. But. Oh, based off the video game? Oh, Jesus yeah. Christ, that movie. Uh, but if nobody is there, it should be clean and safe and just wipe everything down. And uh, yeah. I don't know. That's whole, that's amazing. That's hilarious. I, th- I immediately thought of the Kumite from Bloodsport. I think he also saw you know Vince McMahon throw on wrestlemania to know people and he's yeah. like fuck that i'm still putting my thing on if that motherfucker does it he's absolutely like me and vince are the only ones that are not afraid of this virus he's been like very bold wow. in terms of he said some stupid things though he was yeah. like I, you can't run he's like you can't be afraid of this virus i'm not sitting around oh, afraid gee. of cancer oh. I was like, oh. <laughs> what? No, yeah, you gotta be not you gotta be a, there's a fine line catch cancer right, from right. someone else you yeah, 
That was tough. That was a tough. That was a tough quote. I mean, I get his uh, enthusiasm, but you got to be careful and like, don't get anyone sick, you motherfucker. Great idea. Love the idea <laughs> of Fight Island. So, for what it's worth, <laughs> I, just, I had to throw that. We have a little jock talk. This is around the I like Disney that. I like. We'll, we'll we'll roll it all in. Back to the movies, though. I wanted to ask you guys: Do you think these delays could uh, make the better movies? Do you think this could cause better movies, or will this hurt them? To that's push too early to speculate now because nothing's happening. Yeah. Like the outcome that would be uh, create better movies is if this thing is over. Uh, fast because then they can get the ball rolling and then they have like a larger runway and they're like oh let's take our time with this you know what i mean so uh that's a good point but right now there's nothing going on they can't do shit so it's not really helping them and the longer it drags on it's actually going to make worse movies because then the projection schedule is going to be shrunken down Yeah. yeah You know, this well, the only the only benefit I could see is maybe like the writing staff. Yes. They were under a time crunch yeah. and they were thinking I have to release by this time and, you know, hit the schedule. Now they have a little bit of time to flesh out what they're thinking. Oh, but, yeah. Previs. Yeah. yeah. And like script writing. Yeah, that's that's all. I think you can do a lot of that remotely. Yeah. So I think where it stops, obviously, Black Widow's done. Eternals uh, probably hasn't finished production. Shang Chi in pre-production. Doctor Strange they haven't they haven't rewritten the script yet. And then so the rest of them you have gives you more time uh, to work on the writing. But think about how important like this Phase Four is to Marvel and how this could be a good way to have a soft reset back into the MCU for people with all this weird uh, collection of movies trying to get people on board with the Eternals, these crazy cosmic figures, um, and then bringing back, you know, Thor and Doctor Strange could help Phase 4, or it could hinder it. I think either way, Phase 4 has got a rough road ahead of it. So, Yeah, we may have to write off Phase 4 just because of fucking all the situation. I mean, not saying that they're not going to put out quality films, because they probably will put out at least, like, Marvel quality. Yeah. But, um... Yeah, this is all. This whole thing's gonna affect people in ways we don't even know yet. Yeah, you know? yeah. So it's hard to tell if it's gonna be as successful, or if people are gonna get out there, or if it's how things are gonna be released. Yeah, you got the TV if shows. Theaters are even gonna exist, right? You're right, yeah. though. It's so uh, unprecedented, and the fallout that's gonna continue. You know, years down the line, you can't. I, mean, I mentioned that. this to you, Imran. Sorry, off off air, but Fauci was already like, yeah. Yep, for the foreseeable future, I would just advise against just getting rid of handshakes. Yeah, nobody's shaking hands. <laughs> no shaking hands. Always wear a mask. Uh, there's plastic partitions in front of all the cashiers everywhere. You got dots and lines on the floor on where to stand. Where my went. Yes, where? You mean I can't make out with anybody anymore? Oh, poor job. <laughs> no. How about, damn it. Can I suck boobs? Yeah, what about that, those? Unless bo- those? boob sweat, <laughs> you just carry the virus. You got to wipe it I down. I thought it was just, you know, respiratory droplets. I don't see any boobs in the, connected to that. I don't understand <laughs> this whole thing. I really, I really am. I'm not a doctor. And I'm so I don't know things. I'm not smart. But when people tell you that, like, okay, you can get it from droplets, but it's not technically airborne. And you you can eat food and not worry about people sneezing on your food, but you can get it on your clothes. It's like this shit doesn't make any sense to me. 
All of it. Yeah. Just like all you've of it. heard all this, right? Yeah. Like all yeah. these yeah. things. And like, do they, does that make sense to you? I mean, it doesn't I've, make sense to me. I've heard different symptoms too. The symptoms change and, and so. kind of vary. Yeah. I've heard different things. I kind of have a general understanding, but I don't fully get it either. I can't get my head around it. It's like when they, the scientists talk, like, no, nah, no, nah, you can order food. Yeah. Just wipe it down. I'm like, well, what if a guy, like, it's droplets. Now, if the droplets get on my food, like, if the cooks, if the food's cooked to a certain temperature, I guess the thing dies. It but, does, but what if he sneezes on it after? Yeah. So, like, I don't get it. <laughs> Jesus. Am I going to die if I order pizza? That's what I want to know. Just, if I get tacos. Listen, you get pizza, you spray some Lysol on it, and you eat it. It's fine. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That's actually, that unlocks a hidden flavor. Yes, that's the <laughs> special. Just douse alcohol in everything. <laughs> They're like, people are like, oh, what's that weird flavor? Oh, Febreze. I'm right, just, listen, I would like a penny vodka with heavy on the vodka. <laughs> I'm drenching all my food in tequila. <laughs> I'm dipping my pizza in Tito's vodka from now on. <laughs> listen, you can suck on boobs, Anthony. Just carry around alcohol wipes for, uh, you know, you wipe for the them boobies? Yeah, you wipe right. it down. Just swap them down. Everyone now in their wallets, instead of condoms, should be carrying alcohol wipes as like the sex thing, because uh, that'll be that. That probably will come out as everyone <laughs> walking around with hand sanitizer. Yes. Hey, baby, you want some hand sanitizer? <laughs> That's like the new euphemism. Listener, let us know what you think of the Marvel Phase Four rescheduling. Join our Facebook group. Uh, it's called Jock and Nerd Nation. It's an exclusive closed group just for you, just Jock to and nerd. just to hang out, Jock and nerd. to hang out with us. The human soundboard nails it again. I fucking loved it. Yes, he loves being in the group, and we love hanging out with all of you. Check it out. Speaking of Disney, uh, let's talk about their streaming service, Disney Plus. Finally had its international launch. It has uh, hit a major milestone, surpassing 50 million subscribers just five months in. Oh, shit. The last time we checked on numbers was in February. Uh, It's up more than 22 million since they disclosed those numbers. It is now in the UK, India, Germany, Italy, Spain, Austria, Switzerland, France. And to compare, Netflix has 167 million subscribers around the world. And yet, I still think it's there's nothing good on there. <laughs> Possibly, I believe you may be right. Hulu only has thirty million US. It's not international. I mean, there's there's a there's a library, of course, of stuff that I've already seen. Yes, they're still relying on their huge content of nostalgia, feel good Disney branded. I, I got to admit too, I, we I I don't necessarily mind the app. Yeah, but I haven't really gone back to watch anything on there. Other than the Mandalorian was on. The only thing that I watch now is uh, the new episodes of uh, Clone Wars. Oh, yeah. You got mm. the Clone Wars. You got all. And that's it. Yeah. You got all the Star Wars content. For a half hour show that comes out once a week. That's it. I got this Disney Plus. So they've done things like release Frozen 2 early. They released Onward very early. And they just announced Artemis Fowl that was supposed to uh, debut in the theaters, have a theatrical release. Shit. No one cares about right. it. Right. Will now debut on Disney Plus. So Bob Iger. Former CEO Bob Iger did this interview with Barron's, and he said "You, there will be likely other titles that will go to Disney Plus early that will, won't go to the theaters, but none of the tentpole shit, obviously, right. is going to go there. They're going to wait for better time slots. It'll be interesting to see. We talked about it last week, though, about what the strategy is with movie theaters moving forward, if they still exist the same way. So interesting to note, uh, uh, Birds of Prey that came out early on VOD for $20, they just dropped the price to $6. Oh, shit. They were <laughs> like, you know what? Just make it 6 bucks. We need to fucking make our money back and get a sequel. 
Uh, and if they drop Bloodshot to six bucks, I will watch it. Even though I know I watched Bloodshot. I know. I don't. I, I don't. Apparently, you reviewed it. Yes, he yeah. did. Oh yeah, he um, did. They also, I think, today dropped uh, Godzilla 2014 to four dollars or something, or four ninety nine, mm-hmm. because today yeah. is the MonsterVerse watch party. Oh. So it's the first one, and then the next week there's going to be another movie that they're going to offer at like a cheap price. Where's and this then, Monster Vars watch party? I think that if you, uh, I don't know, you're going to have to go. It's on Twitter, and mm. it's done through the Nerdist. Oh, so okay. right now Gareth Edwards or whatever the fuck his name is um, is doing a live oh, tweet. I saw that. Wa- yeah, with with everyone watching Godzilla at the same time, and they're offering it for like four digitally for four four bucks or something or five bucks. Mm. And they're gonna, and then they're gonna do King Kong, and then King of Monsters, all about all the legendary price. movies. I yeah, and they're gonna do a, t- a live tweet with each director. I just saw legendary. Bal- I saw Bellotti and Tchaikovsky, uh tweeting to the Godzilla account. I didn't know it was uh, Gareth Evans Edwards, whatever his name is. Oh, is he doing it now? Saying your movie sucks. I hate you. Yes. <laughs> I was just talking to him. Oh shit! Well, that's a fun idea. I watch all the uh, MonsterVerse movies, uh, but that's kind of like what they were doing with the Birds of Prey. They're trying to get yeah, you know yeah. uh, a groundswell of stuff. But this is like a, for movies that already been out. They're just trying to squeeze a little bit more money out of people. Yeah, I mean, I think with you, a thingy. Like, what are they going to do with New Mutants? I still think they should just put that on Hulu and cut yeah, their yeah, fucking they, losses. I don't know what they're doing with that. Uh, but, uh, it's, I mean that, you know, so far Disney having 50 million subscribers five months after launch, that's not bad. That's- I wonder like what mo- like major streaming platform, maybe it'll be Disney. Who knows? That just goes, you know what? Like if, especially if this pandemic lasts and people are like, I'm not going to a movie theater, you know, anytime soon. What if they just go, fuck it. We'll just charge movie theater pricing on our app. You like you get the app, yeah, and then you if you want to watch Black Widow in November, fifteen bucks. Yeah, I think that it's going to go a step further. And listen to this: this is a whole conspiracy that I have. Oh, okay. Oh, Imran right. loves conspiracy. Yeah, there's no rug down anymore, right? You don't have the. Uh, I don't have it loaded. He is the rug down. There you go. All right. So, <laughs> coronavirus is wiping out theaters. Yeah. Yes. Coronavirus is wiping out comic book stores. Yes. These are both things that. Big corporations have to split the profits with. Oh. Disney already has stores. Yeah. Now, all they have to do is expand to comic book stores. Disney can also own a theater, and they can all be a one-stop shopping. You can go to the theater. You can go to the comic book store. You can go to the Disney store. Son of a bitch. All in one shot. It's like a Disney fucking mega store with a theater in it. And they could keep all the money for themselves. It's removing the middle business between the content makers and, and the end buyer. I guarantee you Holy that's what they're thinking. Oh, shit. They're going to do these at all of these mega malls that no one goes for shopping anymore because everybody's buying shit online. So it's going to be like the Disney experience. And it's going to have like a fucking IMAX. It's going to have like a the movie theater with the fucking seats that like, they blow you during the movie and everything. <laughs> Well, not with Disney, but maybe like with <laughs> WB. But like, I mean, they're gonna have like all 4D. like the, they're gonna have like all the shit, like the three D, the four D. I mean, you got my conspiracy the, gears tenacious spinning. D, all the D, tenacious D. But it makes sense. This is the fear of releasing things digital: is you're cutting out the retailers, and and, and now that they're all shut down, what's well now that they're at they're. First of all, they're at the a weakest point. Yeah, yep, yep. They used to be the gatekeepers. They're like, all right, you want to fucking run your movie on my theaters? Yeah. 
I have the fucking distribution, well, but, motherfucker. But Disney has. All, I am the gatekeeper. Disney has already bullied theaters. They're known for this. They've been doing it for years. That, yeah, you know. So they're like, play our movie in all your screens, or you're not getting the movie. So now, now they got the upper hand. Damn, the mouse is evil genius. I'm sure they thought about it. I'm, and everyone's gonna follow suit with what the mouse does. Well, maybe I don't know. Does AMC have stock? Let's look this up. AMC. Oh, that's a good point. I think they do have stock, and they may not be able to open up. Well, that's 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 my point. Is maybe you know we talked about this earlier. With, yeah. Um, I believe it was Apple. Yeah. Maybe buying Disney, but yeah. One uh, yeah. of these big companies just going. All right, AMC. I'm just going to own all. AMC. Your oh now. shit! AMC's are now Disney Jesus theaters. Christ. AMC stock right now is. Very low. Oh. Two dollars and sixty cents. Oh, we can buy AMC right now, you guys. <laughs> let's let's, <laughs> let's buy AMC. How much money? Look, there's gonna be some when this stuff starts to like uh, when the fear starts to dissipate a little bit. Yeah. You're gonna see some moves being made. Yeah, they're already being plotted. Oh, sure, but they're not gonna jump on it until they know that okay, they have people to come. I think so. I think we have enough in the Patreon kitty to purchase AMC right this moment. Anthony, pull up Robin Hood. Get it done. <laughs> Just send the order. Hey, what are you think our Patreon subscribers would be? You think they with that? We would all own the theaters chain. We we own the theaters and we could just play you, yes. our podcast. You guys would be co owners in the AMC theater chain and we'd rename it to Jock and Nerd Theaters. Jock and Nerd. We, we would give one to every Patreon yeah, person in, in you'll across get a the theater. country. You'll get a theater. Here's Including your... West Cranford in Australia. Yes, everyone gets an AMC theater. In our Australian <laughs> contingent, yes. we have West Cranford. Let's make it happen. I don't know. that That's a good conspiracy, Rux. Uh, back to the streaming wars because another streaming service launched this week. Not to quite a successful launch as Disney Plus, but Quibi is out, everyone. Oh, shit. I watched an episode on Quibi. I've been uh, poking around watching a bunch of shit on Quibi. Uh, their launch reported numbers was that on the Monday, 300,000 users downloaded the app, um, well, well, for what it's worth, they're they're offering a ninety day free trial, which is the best. It's so smart. The ninety day trial is amazing. It's easy. That I had it pre ordered, uh, and then you just there were like the things available. Uh, but the, that three hundred thousand comparatively is seven point five of percent of the Disney Plus download total, where <laughs> Disney had like four million installs well, so it's disney he's like kind of trying to be its own yes thing yes in the video streaming category right yes uh it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's only on phones it's right? exactly it's yeah. only on the phone there is the no minute browser that they start person. charging you for this shit no one's gonna get well it's it's dead in the it's water it's five dollars a month after the three months but look I, anthony i'll give my initial reaction to this yep. app, I've actually kind of really been enjoying <laughs> the Quibi because the transition from portrait to vertical is fucking cool. It is cool. I don't think. I don't, what is the? What are you talking about? I don't think I've seen anybody else do it this way. So you can watch your. You can watch it on landscape, or you can watch it vertical. And in the midst of watching the show, you can just keep flipping it, and it'll flip with it, and. It actually is pretty seamless. Every I'll, show I'll does that. The ads do that. And there are times when you want to. Why Why do you want to change your view in mid-watch? I just do it because it's new. And yeah, I, yeah. I'm just like, oh, like, this is kind of cool. Yeah. Whoop, 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 whoop. Like if you're like, okay, I'm watching something and I'm like, oh, I wonder what this chick's ass looks like. And then you can like turn the, the phone. <laughs> it's a wider shot. And then you can see. 
You can well, see down. The vertical shot, you'll get a closer look at her ass because it zooms in more into the middle of what the shot is. Oh, so it just zooms in. Well, it's, yeah. but it's different. I've, oh, no, I've, okay, I get no, it. So I'm, they're all shot basically landscape, but then you can cut in vertical. There's some kind of Somewhat, a, yeah. a technology that, that – All right, zoomed, I was wondering what, what was going on. It frames the shot and moves things around. And I've noticed in the scripted shows – uh, in the vertical aspect, the portrait, there's a lot of close-ups and there's more edits than in the landscape mode because you got to show more. But then in some of the other shows, when stuff is stacked. How, how much shit did you watch? Ooh, I watched a bunch of stuff. So, so are they shooting these things and then editing them two different ways according to how you hold the phone? I don't know because there are different. I what th- a waste of time. I, but I, th- well, I think it's a Rando, computer thing. I would thing. say that when you transition from vertical to horizontal, yeah. it's the show doesn't look any different other than how it's shot like or not how it's – um portrayed via with how you have your hold how you're holding your phone like i don't think it's a different entirely different shot no but the cuts are different whether you're landscape or portrait mm. there's different edits there's more it's making my head hurt dude it's wild i would check it out and have fun with it so first of all i love i got sucked into the show survive with uh sophie turner and uh cory hawkins about there's a plane that crashes in the mountains and they got to survive uh, that one got me sucked in. There's a show. There's a cooking show. This is a wild selection of shows. It's like one show from every cable network, like all in one place. There's a cooking show called Dishmantled, where this is how it starts out. You have two chefs. They're wearing goggles. They can't see. And they're wearing like white hazmat suits. And they're in a room with a glass wall. And they explode food at them. Oh, shit. All right. The food <laughs> is shot in their face. It goes on the wall. It goes on the floor. They have to then taste what exploded at them and they have 30 minutes to recreate what they think the dish is with uh however many ingredients and this and this is only in 10 minutes right this the is show? yes this one episode is five minutes it's a whole cooking show in five fucking minutes and they're like licking the wall and eating off the floor and then they go cook it and they're swearing in it which is also crazy uh that show is fun I, here here's the i'll just give the example of what i watched yeah. i only watched one thing it was something I've been familiar with. I watched Punk. Yes, with Chance the Rapper. With Chance the Rapper, and as she got, he got Megan the Stallion. I'll say it was entertaining. It it was entertaining. It's weird that the show was less than ten minutes. That right. was real strange. Six for me. minute episodes. And I think I was more entertained by the fact that I could just transition vertical to horizontal it's for a bit. Fun to do. So, so I don't know. After watching it one time, if I was completely hooked. I've been keeping up with a couple of the shows. There's another like murder mystery show that takes place in 1995. The news shows, there's a BBC News World Report, NBC News Report. Those are very good. They're short. They're updated daily. And every day, there's been like new episodes of shit. And they started. That's true. Everything gets a new episode. The one thing I thought of right away is I saw, the first show that I saw ads for were with Sophia Turner. Yeah. And I was just going, if you're an actor or an actress... Why are you doing this? There's a, how are you how are you showing off your acting chops in stuff that's this short? You can you can do it. This is I mean I, we talked about how like a lot of Hollywood wanted to be involved once the this there's ball this got idea rolling. there's this idea because TikTok and Snapchat and all of these yep, uh, yep, vines yep. or all of the people are getting super famous from these things. Yep, that all the little people, the young the youngins. Or I like to call them the shitheads. Um, <laughs> like uh, th- that's how the new tastemakers are going to be born. Is going to be out of the- they're going to be watching all of these quick things. Well, now you want to be TikTok. You want to be TikTok famous. You want to be Instagram famous. Yeah. That's so why well. go and try and learn to be a good actor <laughs> and like hone your craft. Learn about direction when you could just. <laughs> 
Turn on TikTok and it'll do it for you. I have to say, having now been on TikTok and Quibi, yes, I I, I don't doubt that this is the direction yeah. for the, the world yeah. moving forward, and it's a scary place. It's weird that it's forcing me to like. I'm kind of enjoying watching in portraits. Sometimes I didn't think that would fucking ever happen. But it is fun to switch it, and the technology is, is Look, amazing. I mean, this is all happening from YouTube anyway. Yeah. Like, that's the granddaddy of all this shit, is that people have been ma- people are making content, like Chris Stuckman. They're making, like, these five-minute videos, 15-minute mm. videos that you can, like, enjoy on your phone when you're taking a shit or whenever. Or, you know, when you got five minutes to do something. Yeah. The, the, the big thing, as we talked about when we first talked about it, is YouTube is free. Quibi isn't. Are people going to pay yeah. for this stuff once you have to start paying? I mean, after this three months, if I get hooked, I may, I may continue <laughs> to pay for but, it. Oh, you shit. can continue to get like news and stuff on uh, YouTube. I don't yeah, know. Another place. The original thing, content would be. This happening. is my whole thing about this Quibi thing. All right, um, YouTube did all this stuff. YouTube's been doing all this stuff. Yeah, but and none of their original uh, stuff has been successful. Like produced by YouTube. No, I mean like they did like uh the the, the Karate Kid Cobra Kai, but like that that's a that's a long form show. That's the only one though. But YouTube has, mean, has not done like all of these shows have a pretty high production. They look like TV shows. I'm not saying YouTube it, themselves did it. I'm saying that people have been creating content on YouTube. Like I remember that there was a a whole uh a bunch of things that were released on YouTube. There was Oat Studios. There was oh, yeah. like a, there was um, Zoe Bell had a whole series that was on there. The fi- the famous stunt woman from Kill Bill, she did like a whole series. There's been like web series on YouTube, and, pretty much. Well, and the web series is nothing new. Remember years ago, I, there was a video. CWC has done this, you know. CWC, you know. yes. No, there was a video podcast I used to love called Ask a Ninja. Do you remember Ask a Ninja, Rugs? I uh, know. Oh my god, it was hilarious. It was this guy who would just answer you listen viewers' questions as a ninja. It's like what a ninja would do. Uh but uh, look I mean there's cooking shows on YouTube. There's all kinds of shit on there. So I mean like they've been doing it forever. I would recommend the ninety day trial for the listener to check it out because it is kind of a neat place. Listen, maybe I'm wrong and everyone's gonna become quibbying. The one thing you can't, did you know you can't on a lot of these on your phone, these streaming services, you can't screenshot uh, the programs, I you can't do it on Quibi. I tried, and you get a black screen. Now, you, the same thing happens on Hulu and Netflix on your phone. The only difference being you can go to a web browser and screenshot a Netflix and Hulu show, and that could help people share shows and spread awareness. Can you, can you Chromecast? You, yeah, can you-, you could probably send the Quibi to your TV via you? a- Apple TV. I would think so because I think I don't know if I've heard you, if you can do that. That's a good, let me see. If I press this, it's going to ask, because built in, it's going to ask for your Apple TV. I haven't tried that. That would be interesting that's, I mean, also. that's the thing that would need, you would need to do, because eventually, like, I like, I don't mind watching stuff on my phone, but once I was able to start casting to my TV, yeah. it was all, like, that. that's what I wanted. Well, you to know, watch. I don't see an option to send this to Apple AirPlay. Uh, that's interesting. Because how hmm. often, like, when you're watching stuff. Yeah. Like on TV or whatever, or you know, watching videos on your phone. Are you really doing that while like you're traveling around, or like I mean, you could do it on your in like on airplanes. But I'm saying like, I don't know. I, I feel like 
a lot of the YouTube stuff I watch, I just put it on TV. I ah. cast it to my TV. Like I don't actually. So like I, if I'm at home, I'm not. I don't prefer to watch things on my phone. This you have to sit down and watch it on your phone. Yes, right. it's definitely like oh, I'm going to sit down for the next five to eight minutes and watch this show on the phone. But and, and are you like watching videos if you're in a cab or walking to or like? I don't know. Not if you're walking. I guess I, I mean, guess people are, but I don't know. I, I, I this is what the the silver lining in, in this is, whether Quibi or not uh, takes off or not, is that YouTube's algorithm and their whole way of displaying shit is dog shit. It's bad. You can't find anything new. You can't have curated right, lists. Right. And. Quibi is doing like, okay, we're going to create a bunch of content for you to watch and you're going to have things to choose from. And we're going to like do what Netflix does. It pushes things to you. So you know what things that you're interested in or whatever, but YouTube is terrible at that. Yeah. And, um, you really don't ever know what's out there. Like, unless you dig, 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 and dig for it. They used so, to be good and they fucked it all up. Yeah. There's no like, oh, this is the new cool stuff. Check this out. Yeah. In fact, they used to have channels. Yeah. They took all of those away. Now they just show you the same shit that what you just There's no, like comedy channel right. you could click yeah. on and see all the or popular like popular stuff or YouTubers that are to watch or spotlight. There's none of that anymore. They used to have all that. They got rid of all of that. So if Quibi does take off, maybe it'll force YouTube to fucking get their shit together and stop being, um, I don't know, with this algorithm that is like making the experience really 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 like vanilla and bland i mean and it's all them trying to figure out how to make the like, most do you money remember what it was like before the algorithm you used to fucking find shit all the time yeah crazy like, there was weird memes things. going around yeah. there's all kinds of great stuff you'd, you'd stumble onto well quibi look you got like they got like 50 shows right now they're going to be releasing more shows and uh i'm going to be using it a lot during this 90 90 day trial 90 month that would be great 90 day free trial it's a huge amount of time to like i i'm going to get sucked in i'm like i'm going to have to have this and i probably end up fucking paying for it uh so, you, will, you will get you, you know, you're it, such a sucker you know yeah, it's going to work on me absolutely absolutely <laughs> um other stuff is delayed rugs what you were just talking about with the your conspiracy about uh content makers and how they're removing the middle person ties into some other things that are delayed that kind of surprised me. I didn't think about video games would get delayed. It's kind of the same situation as comic book stores, isn't it? Uh, most notably, The Last of Us Part 2 has been delayed indefinitely. It was supposed to come out May 29th, and that was already the second time it had been pushed back. But I was like, what? well, I guess it's like comic books because what? couldn't you just release it on the PlayStation Store? And have people buy it now, again. Your GameStops are going to get mad. Is that is that probably they don't? And of course, you don't want people all going to the GameStops to buy the game on a day when it comes out. That's probably where they're coming so, from. Are we at the point where you can just release games without having a physical copy of the game? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, that's this is already. Happening. But the problem is, is that you run out of space so fast. Uh, yeah, okay. they didn't really think. They didn't really think. To like really give you um enough hard drive space to like support like what a real gamer's uh appetite is. Yeah. Right. So like let's say you have like ten games on there, like that's it. Yeah. You can't get another because these games are huge. And the downloads mm -hmm. take a long time based on yeah, they're your, constantly updating yeah, yeah. and 
and DLC. And so you're making these games bigger and fatter every fucking like, so like, let's say Destiny. There's a new fucking season every season and you have to download a whole bunch of gigs worth of shit every time. So your shit's getting filled up. So Rugs, you say you would say we aren't completely past digital physical media for the video games. You kind of still need the disc there. I think that a lot of the games require you to at least have the disc in to help. Yeah. I guess to get started. Um, yeah, I mean like if you if you buy the game on disc, all right, this is how this is what happens. Let's say you own a game on disc. You put it in your PlayStation. It still has to copy shit over to the hard drive. So your hard drive's getting full no matter what, even if you have a disc and if you don't have it. And then there's like all the updates that has to download before you can fucking start playing. Yeah. That's why I can't wait for this fucking remote gaming to happen. Like I was telling you about that other thing. Stadia. That Stadia. Like even though it's shitty, when the internet gets better and all the technology gets, there's still a problem with latency, but that's going to be the way. Like you have nothing. You don't have to worry about upgrading your technology or whatever. All you have to worry about is your controller and your internet connection, and then you're good to go. Rugs, this uh, this story came out yesterday. Google Stadia now free to anyone with a Gmail address. Oh shit! Stadia Pro also free for two months. They're letting everyone try it out while everyone's at home. You still got to pay for games though, and you probably have to buy a controller. Yeah, that controls it, but. It's got dead. You ha- I think you might have to buy the. I think Stadia on your phone is free. Yeah. Um, Stadia on your computer might be free, but Stadia as a console, like with a, uh, I think you might need uh, like on your TV. Yeah. You might need to buy some shit. Mm. Well, Destiny Two, the collection is uh, you'll have free access as of April, uh, in this two free months. Well, of Destiny's Stadia. free now. Oh, okay. So speaking of uh, the next consoles and, uh, you know, the PlayStation 5 going to be coming out soon. And I think, Rugs, have you followed any of the hardware? Because like you know, you said hard drives are limiting and I believe they're using an SSD now in the PlayStation 5. Solid state drive. Yeah. So but aren't those usually smaller than the spinny drives? Well, the solid state drives are way more expensive. They're faster. And and yeah, they're way fast and then there's no moving parts. So it's a lot more reliable. But uh, it's hard to get like a ridiculously large one. Yeah, I get. I don't know if it's a, it's a cost thing or whatever. But like usually, you don't see SSDs from maybe a, you have a terabyte, and if you're lucky, those maybe are, those two. are expensive. Yeah, they haven't. Right? The cost of that hasn't come down. And a terabyte sounds like a lot, but in terms of gaming, it's not really. Yeah, a lot. and I mean the the games are just going to get bigger. You're going to need more space. Uh, Sony did reveal though their new controller. It's called DualSense. For the PlayStation 5, Anthony, did you uh, click this link? You see the picture of this controller? I looked at it. Des- um, describe it. I don't know. It's like the Xbox controller, That's right? what a lot of people <laughs> I, were saying. I, I mean, whatever. I don't, it doesn't really... It's white. It, it doesn't... I, it, be the, a new controller doesn't really do anything for me. The only thing is I played this, like, the latest Nintendo game. Yeah, the Switch. Or, is it the Switch? Yeah, that's fun. I don't know what the fuck... But the controller was so goddamn small. Well, it's like the, like it could break it in half. It's like your classic Nintendo old school controller. Yeah, they like that. Those controllers are. I don't like. I don't like a small controller. They they are kind of like lightweight. Anthony plastic. likes something big in his hand. Big yeah, and yeah, hefty. Yeah. Well, you might like. Meaty. You might like this DualSense. It has a couple of new interesting features. Uh, there will be a built-in mic now, so you don't need a headset to chat. 
Uh, there's already a speaker in there, which is fucking it's it's fun for Last of Us when those fucking clickers come out. You hear like clicking noises coming out from your controller. Always scares the crap out of me. Uh, it'll have enhanced haptic feedback. It's an advanced rumble, more sensations like the slow grittiness of driving a car through mud. Uh, this controller will jizz in your hands. Oh shit! You'll be, you'll be you'll be playing, and then you'll be like, "Why are my hands all sticky?" What happened? Wow, this is an amazing controller. <laughs> no, it's not going to do that, but it should. It should spray water at you like a 4D theater. Uh, the adaptive L2, R2 triggers, uh, they'll have more tension. Like if you're pulling back a bow, you'll feel the tension get more taut as you pull it back, hmm. like actually pulling back I, a bow. I read about that. I, that's I, kind of cool. How that, I, I wonder how that even works. I That's like amazing micro technology. Well, everything's passive on the controller, ah, right? Yeah. So this is going to involve a mechanism that's going to make the controller, like, I guess, harder to push, harder to pull. Yeah, based on. So, um, yeah, that's that's cool. That's kind of I mean, neat. why not? That could be cool. Gives you more sensation and more you know immersion. What, you know what? You, this is what what's cool about it. All right. So when you buy a controller, the controllers are set a certain way. Yeah. Now, depending on the game, they can program the controller to feel however you want. Yeah. So. I, uh, on one thing, maybe pressing these triggers are, it, it, it's, they're really light, but maybe th- this is really hard. And it maybe gives you a different feel for the game. It gives you a little bit more persona into the game. So there's a different, you know, there's a different reaction. There's a different tactile response. So I think that that's a way to in- make things more individual and different and, and, and immersive. Variety. Yeah. And so that's cool. They've uh, updated the ergonomics to fit big hands like Anthony. So you'll be able to hold this nice and comfortable. I don't actually have very big no, hands. No, you don't. You have like normal size hands. Yeah. Maybe even then my Small. hands are actually un- unusually soft. Oh, boy. Like everyone, everyone that shake my hand, yeah. shook my hand, which you can't do anymore, but uh, they've always been like <laughs> creeped out by my hands. They're like, your hands are like baby hands. And I just. <laughs> I just say that these hands are not made for. Are uh, you the president presence. of the United States? <laughs> yeah, he, this, this man hasn't worked a hard day. I have in the his biggest life. hands there is. Yeah, the, I got, I have, these aren't peasant hands. These are king's hands. I got the sure. biggest, softest hands around. Feel them. <laughs> feel them. It's like velvet. Touch my hands. You go around going, feel my hand. Look how smooth this See, is. That's a that's a man who's very secure in himself. Absolutely, or has absolutely uses a lot of moisturizer. He's like, yeah. I got small hands <laughs> and it's soft. You're gonna, fuck yourself. You're gonna, you're gonna like it. Look at his dick. Look at this. <laughs> Very soft. <laughs> okay. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. That's really good. All right. Look, with that, let's take a quick break for some promos. And we're going to come back and review the Cohen brothers raising Arizona right after this. After these messages, we'll be right back. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We'll get you back to your podcasty goodness now in a minute. First, we'd like to take a second to tell you about our marginally better podcast, the 365 Flicks Podcast. I am the Scottish Whedon Whore Chris. And I am the Pissy X Video Store Clerk Kev. And we bring you the latest movie and TV news, reviews, and rants. All that and a bunch of top fives that you really will not care about. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Libsyn, and all other third-party podcasting apps. And on top of all that, you'll get free access to our indie talk. You'll hear us speaking with directors, producers, actors, comic book creators, and artists about their experiences. Don't forget to drop us five stars and follow us on the Facebooks and the Twitters. Told them not to go in the water. Hi, I'm Mark. And I'm Carol. And we're the hosts of Retro Late Fee. 
We are stuck in 1994. And we can't get out. <laughs> We're watching all the movies and TV shows that you probably remember, I guess. Somehow we're speaking to you through some kind of time portal. Right. Uh, join us every week for great movies and TV shows from 25 years ago. <laughs> it's fun, I swear. Listener, if you enjoy the show, if we've been giving you some chuckles, keeping you company during the quarantine, consider joining our fan club. Visit jockandnerd.com slash Patreon, where Anthony is just posting. Well, I'm posting, but You're you, posting you it, are yeah. sending me movie review after movie review. Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, my God. What Corona binge reports are uh, hot right now. What did you post this week? Uh, let's see. Did you was let's wait. Let's start off. Was out of sight last week or did you post it? Before we recorded, uh, out of sight. I'm counting as this week because it was after we recorded. So out of sight, yes. which I think is free, right? That one is. That is a sponsored review, free to everyone. Just go visit the page. Out of sight. I did the Departed. I did Perks of Being a Wallflower, uh, The Spectacular Now, Get Out, Green Book, and uh, Whiplash is free, right? Whiplash is also free. And then adding to that, I did my second Seth Morgan sponsored Corona binge report for Life is Beautiful. I like that movie. Which is also free. It is a beautiful movie. Uh, you went on a little Miles Teller kick there, though, didn't you, Anthony, with the Whiplash? I did. I went on a, I went on a Miles Teller kick and then, yeah, I don't know. I just was all over Miles Teller and I enjoy him in, uh, Two of the films that I saw. So. I, I'm going to tell you, Whiplash, J.K. Simmons does some of the most amazing verbal abuse you're ever going to hear. Oh, shit. Just abuse. I was surprised by Whiplash. I don't give two shits about jazz, and yeah. I actually liked it. Yeah, that's great. No, no I enjoyed that, yeah. too. I love music movies. There's a lot of great so they music were all movies. good, Anthony, or did you hate, hate any of them? I did not like Out of Sight. Oh. Um, <laughs> and I found Green Book to be a little flat. I liked it, but I found it to be a little flat if you think about it too much. That one won the Oscar that year, yeah, right? That won the yeah. best picture that yeah, year. That and everyone best... was real mad. Yes. Yeah. Because it's a little uh, pandering uh, is what I it's think. It's a little. It's Well, first, I mean, not to make this a Green Book discussion, but you know what a Green Book is? But no. It's, I believe, so if someone, if I'm wrong, correct me, but I believe it is... A book that was given to African Americans traveling south during the segregation days oh. that would basically tell them where it, it is safe to dine and stay. Oh, okay. Yet, so the movie is called Green Book. Yeah. Yet the movie, for what it is, in the perspective of the Italian New York racist guy. Yeah, yeah. So right off the bat, it's a little like strange. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's very like very surface level in terms of touching on stuff, and it's mm. very like. At the end, all oh, racism is cured. We're all just best friends, sort of thing. Oh, wow. They cure racism in the length of a movie. That's good. Basically, yeah. <laughs> what about Get Out? Yeah, I want to know what you thought about Ooh, Get Out. Get Out, I liked a lot. Yeah, that's a great movie. I thought Get Out was really good. That is. Uh, I liked Get yeah. Out, and uh, I liked that it was kind of, uh, by the end, um, kind of crowd pleasing to see some of the stuff that he, uh, he does to the family in revenge. Yeah, it's a great kind of genre for Jordan Peele, one that I did not think. You know, he's so funny on Key and Peele. I was so surprised. And Us is pretty good, too. I would follow yeah, that up with Us. Now that I watched Get Out, I yeah. had a lot of people saying you should watch Us. So Yeah, l listen, listener, a lot of good stuff. Rugs, you were, owe us some Corona binge reports. I'm still waiting on them. Did I watch anything? <laughs> you No, you still have another sponsored one to do for... Uh, which, one do, what, which one is that? I'll tell you later. I don't remember right now. 
Mm. I'm sure Seth Morgan will tweet you and tell you which one it is as soon as he hears this. But listener, you want bonus content? Uh, Jockinerd.com. Was there another one? There was another one. Slash Patreon is where you will find bonus content. All right, let's get into this week's Patreon-sponsored movie review. Another fun thing we do, if you give us $10 a month or more on the Patreon, you get to pick any movie all three of us will watch and all three of us will review. This week, we are reviewing the Coen Brothers cult comedy classic, Raising Arizona. From 1987, here is your spoiler alert. Everybody freeze. Everybody down on the ground. Well, which is it, young feller? You want I should freeze or get down on the ground? Mean to say, if I freeze, I can't rightly drop. And if I drop, I'm going to be in motion. You see? Shut up! Okay, then. This is this one is dedicated, sponsored by, dedicated to uh, Wes Cranford, Patreon supporter Wes Cranford. Oh, I was wondering who picked yeah, this. Now, this now is, I'm I'm less surprised. That's yes, all the way from Australia. This is his second Patreon pick. We did Scott Pilgrim for him first. That is a Patreon only bonus movie review. You can check out when you sign up to our Patreon. Thank you to Wes Cranford to being a patron for 23 months. Nerd. Tight. One more year. You can send us another movie. Yes, Wes. Thank you, Wesley. Yeah. Uh, raising- Continue to message me your, uh, your little cool things. You, you message me too. Dude. I love, he sends me, he's like paddle boarding out yeah. in the, in, and you see like the Sydney opera house, like behind him. I'm like, Oh my God, that's those things. And he'll message me like, um, song recommendations yes. or a uh, like, fests he's at like social things i'm like jesus christ as long as not dick pics in there not huh? yet don't give yeah. him any ideas <laughs> no Wes, i also appreciate he'll send me uh hip-hop x from down under that he thinks i like and i i usually like a lot of them so yeah love the communication with Wes. thanks for being a listener and a patron uh raising arizona on rotten tomatoes is a 91 percent tomato meter oh shit Average score, 7.6 out of 10. Uh, this movie was made for b- mostly nothing. Five to six million dollars was the budget. Uh, and it ended up making $29 million worldwide way back in 1987. But almost $30 million for a $6 million movie. That's not too bad. This is the Coen Brothers' second film. Following Blood Simple, this is written and directed by Joel and Ethan Cohen, starring Nicolas Cage, Holly Hunter, Trey Wilson, John Goodman, William Forsythe, Francis McDormand, Randall Tex Cobb, uh, and a bunch of other great character color actors. Uh, Anthony, you've probably yeah. never seen this or any Cohen Brothers movie before, have you? No Country for Old Men. I've seen. Oh, that's the only one which they did way later yeah after this they went on to do um just some amazing movies like uh fargo hudsucker proxy big lebowski oh brother where art thou no country for old men 2007 so was that fucking 20 years after they make this movie so yes this is an early coen brothers movie and the coen brothers tend to be a little esoteric a little bit of an acquired taste so first give us uh the plot what happens in raising arizona uh, it's about this guy living in Arizona, played by Nick Cage. He's a 
serial criminal, loves to rob places and get caught, falls in love with one of the uh, police officers at jail in jail, and they're trying to have a baby. She's infertile, so they decide uh, to steal a baby from a group of uh, a wealthy family that had quintuplets, I believe, five, right? That yep, they had quintuplets. And is about them raising this child with all the wacky shit that's going to happen to a convict that's only been, only has friends that are convicts as well. And it's, uh, as I would, uh, I would describe it as a living Looney Tunes kind of cartoon kind of feel. Absolutely. So stealing, that's what it's about. Stealing the baby from the unpainted furniture uh, <laughs> owner, Nathan Arizona. Or my right. name isn't Nathan Arizona. Uh, so I'm super curious to know <laughs> what you thought of this wacky, quirky movie. Um, what, do you, what do you guys think I thought of this? Let's just let's turn it around <laughs> okay. just real quick. Rugs. I mean, I think he doesn't like it. I think. No, this is what I think. I think that pre-Corona Anthony would oh, probably hate this film. Okay. But I think that the new Anthony, the new improved Anthony, <laughs> that's getting a little more. Who has been yes. Who has basically lived like Rug Boy for about a month. Yeah, just watching movies, watching movies, and just watching shit, and like just getting culture, going out of his comfort zone. I think that maybe he could he could see some some interesting things about this film. Okay, that would make him appreciate it a little bit. More. Split vote there, Anthony. Uh, which one of us is right? I didn't like this film. Ah, uh, <laughs> I win points. But but I will. So I will say I, I didn't. This is another movie that Wes has picked. Yeah. That I had similar feelings because he he picked Scott Pilgrim. Scott Pilgrim. There is something about these two movies. This one even more so, where my brain wiring yeah. is not clicking with what's seeing on what I'm seeing on screen. Now the only thing I will admit is that the camera work at times yeah. is very well done and yeah. very jarring and like there's lots of like different things going on and I I can recognize that there's a lot of interesting performances here but i have to admit the entire film i was like this sucks i hate this oh, this is it. not this is not my film at yeah, all Barry's- i was not i wasn't enter- i wasn't really entertained i didn't laugh i was by the end of it i was like let's get this shit over with so 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 like i said rugs would you agree with me that the cohen brothers quirky sensibility sense of humor not necessarily for everyone it's funny you say that cuz i remember after fargo came out I was in New York and then, you know, hanging out with my movie school friends. And I came back home to hang out with old high school friends. And I was like, dude, you got to watch Fargo. It's amazing. Like, I'm all, you know, I'm all cultured. I'm into movies. And my friends are not. They watched it. They were like, this fucking movie is boring. This is the dumbest thing. I, I was like, what? I just, what? I couldn't. But I'm no, not- I, I completely, I, I've been both of those people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was, when I saw Raising Arizona for the first time, I did not like it either. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck? This is a stupid fucking movie. And I felt the same way with Fargo. I'm like, this shit is boring as fuck. Yeah. And then I realized, oh, these guys make boring movies. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, you know, but yeah. at, at boring movies that people like. That, okay. Uh, one of the guys that I hung out with when I was young and, and I was in high school, he was one of these dudes that like, he was a movie guy. Yeah. He was into like horror films and, and just all weird. The weirder the movie, the better. All right. And he loved, these guys. Um, so um, I saw it like many other movies. I, he sat me down and you got to watch this movie. And I was like, this fucking shit is stupid. <laughs> but then after all of these years of watching movies and then going back and watching it now, especially now yeah. that I have seen so many other movies, uh, 
Now, do I think it's a genius film? No. Yeah. But I love the camera work in this movie. I love some of the juxtapositions in this movie. I love the fact that Nick Nicholas Cage's hair oh my God. changes with his with, with his mood. With his stress level. It's like he, they wanted <laughs> yeah. to, he said he wanted to make it like Woody Woodpecker, like the crazier I, it gets. It's never the same. I didn't notice that. Yeah, actually. his hair is I, always messy. I I I do like the fucking weird ass cartoony, like over dramatic craziness, like when John Goodman is is like screaming as he gets up with the lightning is flashing. <laughs> John Goodman screaming like, a lot in this movie. And then movie. like the fucking guy, uh, Lewis Small. What's his name? Uh, Mr. Uh, Smalls. Yeah, Le- Lenny Smalls. Lenny Smalls. The demon is biker. fucking driving with the fucking Ghost Rider fucking flame behind him. So crazy. Like all of that shit is like just wacky. Even the even the open scene where like where like the 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 title card yeah. comes up of the thing, and it's and it's just it's just so like everything is just stands out. As it, it as its own thing. It, yeah. Now, do I think everyone is gonna watch this movie and like it? No, I yeah. I didn't like it when I first saw yeah. it. Yeah. So I I could totally understand that, and I had to like watch it with a new set of eyes and just go, oh, he's doing like Evil Dead right there. Yes. He's doing some Sam Raimi Absolutely. shit. Absolutely. He's doing oh, this fucking chase scene is amazing. Yeah. When he's walk with the fucking huggies. That's great. That scene That's is like great. a great. There's a lot of tension there. There's a lot of like they're running through the house with the dogs. Like it looked like a fucking Spike Jones video. It is. The camera work on yeah. that in that scene is really. That good. That was like a Beastie Boys video. So yeah. yeah, it so it was great. And and um yeah, there is like these weird setups and story transitions and things like that. And uh, every line is kind of like sets up something else that's being said. So the script is kind of like. It's minimal, but I think it's all matters. So I think it's definitely a film that's made by people with intent. Uh, it does have some kind of entertainment value, but it may not, it's not everyone's bag. And it wasn't my bag the first time I saw it either. So, um, and even when I was watching it this time, I was like, I really don't need to watch this movie again other than to just appreciate some of the camera work. So. I do like this movie. It's not my favorite one of their movies, but I think it's still got a lot of cool stuff in it. If you want to, I know some people think it's like the perfect movie. I know that like, um, the guy who, who did, um, Scott Pilgrim. Yes. Edgar Wright, hugely influenced he, by this movie. He and was the hugely Brothers. influenced by a lot of movies have taken from this, yeah. this whole Looney Tunes aspect. Yeah. One of the other movies that I like to compare this movie to is Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Oh yeah. yeah. And Tim Burton, yeah. like, yeah. Like we grew up in a time we came like into like movies when directors were making visionary films and doing things that were like so them. Yeah. And you went to a Tim Burton film, he was going to get that cartoon aesthetic out there and his love of like old monster movies and that all of that weird shit that he's into into his movies. And Pee-wee's Big Adventure is a living cartoon is like a kind of a commentary on the fifties has all this weird stuff. And it has a chase scene at the end of it. That's that stacks and stacks and stacks and finally ends in this big crescendo, just like this movie. So I think that there's a lot of like parallels to Wee's big adventure and this, and um, they're all b- weird childlike movies and uh, they all have Americana in them, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I think that uh, it kind of stands out in that way. So I think it, there is something to gain from watching it. I think that you might be a more well-rounded 
film critic or film you know, connoisseur enthusiast, if you watch this film, I think it needs to be seen in a way, but I don't know. So I do like this movie. I know it's not everyone's favorite and I know how people can get, get turned off because it's not really sexy. There's nothing sexy about it. There's like, it's kind of dopey. Like, you know, in, in a lot of like the whole story of it is dopey. Yeah. But it ends up being kind of fun and interesting and having some artistic merit at the same time. I mean, the Cullen brothers have made 16 movies, and I think in their uh, filmography, this is an important one in a sense that it was their second movie. They wanted to do something completely different than their first movie, which was like a dark, gritty crime thriller. This is still a crime movie, but it's a, you know, completely opposite with sympathetic characters and zany, wacky sequences. But it's also, I found it heartfelt. Um, but this is one of those movies that dudes will sit around and quote all day long. And there are some, some great quotes. Myself, I remember watch seeing bits. I, I had seen all the famous bits, like the freeze. Get on the floor a bit. And the son, you got a panty on your head. I, I remember knowing that, but I, I think this is the first time I actually sat down and watched the whole movie. And at first I was like, huh, this is a really weird movie. But as I think about it, as I go back and think about the movie, like it's, it, it makes me laugh after the fact more. That opening 11 minute sequence before the title card is, it's a movie in itself and it super efficiently sets up the characters and the problem and the whole movie really well. Uh, and there's a, there is a lot of, uh, a lot of things that you see the Coen brothers starting to develop in this movie that show up in other movies, like similar casts, uh, crazy names. Like the names are great. Hi, H.I. McDonough and Holly Hunter is a girl named Ed. And then, you know, you, they have names like Big Lebowski and Jerry Lundegaard from Fargo. They always have great names, but they're, it's a very acquired taste. They're very esoteric and eclectic kind of things. Well, well, I, w- I would say I didn't necessarily go and after the, by the end of it go, this is a bad film. Yeah. I just, my thought was this film is just not for me. Yeah. And I'm actually kind of just thinking about this now. I'm kind of, it makes sense that Wes picked this film because Scott Pilgrim. Yes. Is a lot like this it film. Kind me. Of I had a lot of the same thoughts. Interesting. And Rugway mentioned it too. Interesting. And I just, for whatever reason, at least right now, I just don't like films that are have this like dopey heightened sense of reality. Yeah. Both of these films are like that, where they're just over the top and not taking themselves too seriously, but still well made. And I don't know. I just. It doesn't click for me at all. I guess all. you got to be in the mood for that. I love those over the top. Yeah, wacky, I generally zany, don't like films like this things. either. Yeah, but then I um, the the one that from my childhood, like you know when you see things as a kid, like it it makes it's you get it. Right. I guess when you're a kid, like yeah, you absolutely. get the Goonies. Yeah, like Pee Wee's Big Adventure was. I was like, when I I was able to like take that and Batman the movie and other Tim Burton things and go, oh, that's the parallel. Like they kind of are running at the, they're running along the same line there. And then I think about Sam Raimi. Yeah. And then I think about his movies, like, like Army of Darkness. Well, Evil Dead 2 came out the same year this movie came out and they had worked together in the past. And clearly they liked, you know, Sam Raimi's style. Credit to Barry Sonnenfeld, the cinematographer for the crazy handheld shaky cam shots. Uh, I got a question for you guys. Yeah. As a kid, I, I loved Naked Gun. Yes. Is that this type of movie as an adult? If I were to watch back Naked Gun, would is this a similar type of movie? 
No, Naked Gun's going to be uh, based on its com- its comedic prowess. Yeah, okay, right. so yeah. that, one, that one's I don't more think it's, comedy. I don't yes. think it's ma- I don't think it's a filmmaking like uh, filmmaking thing. Right? It's it. it's like okay. it's a it's because it's a whole different tool set, right? You got comedy setup, jokes, props, blah blah blah, joke punchline, joke punchline. Yeah. Yes. So like it's which is still hard to do and not really done well in a lot of other movies. But this is more like it's a unique vision from these brothers. You're trying to kind of create this thing that should that basically shouldn't work. Right. And maybe doesn't work for a lot of people. But for the people that it works for, it really works. So that's oh, that's a great distinction to your uh, question. Anthony is absolutely like Naked Gun and uh, like Airplane, like the Zucker Brothers movies. I love them to death for what they are. And those are dumb, slapstick, wacky comedy movies. This is, you know, these auteur guys trying to have a vision, trying to make something that's not a crowd pleaser on purpose. You know, they have, they're staying true to who they are and what they want to do. And just like Rug said, either get it or you don't. And that's all of the Coen's brothers movies. You either like them or you don't like them. Well, I feel like I've done a little bit of research on the Coen brothers. I feel like this movie was a little different than a lot of their other movies. Like a lot of their other movies, I feel like were a little more serious than this yeah you see them grow and they're always know. a little bit funny yeah mm-hmm. yes they're always yes. a little bit silly but um this is the this one is probably taxing you the most this is okay. more out loud this is like the loudest fucking movie they've ever done i mean john yeah. goodman screaming getting birth from the ground like a fucking baptism and then he's just screaming all the time like thinking about it now just makes me fucking laugh He's just fucking screaming when they forget the baby. You got the baby on the top of the car. Yes. It's just like all kinds of stupid I, shit. I also love the the scene where he goes to steal the baby. The camera work and the the the, the choreography in that scene is pretty. It's pretty amazing and it's really funny. Where he's, I was, I didn't understand what he was doing. I was like, why are you taking all the? Are you trying to find? Was he trying to find the one that he liked? I don't know. He was. I think he was trying to get caught. Oh, I think he was taking. It was. I don't think he was. He didn't like the the idea from the no, get. No, he didn't like the idea at all from Ed. But he was doing it for her, yeah. and then he was just like, kind of hemming and hawing and hoping he was going to get caught. Yeah. And then that, so he didn't have to go through with it. And then he finally he makes it out of there without the baby. She sends him back in, yeah. and he goes back in again. <laughs> he gets the baby. Yeah, I love so. him so much. Did you guys catch the thing with the tattoo? Uh, no. Woody Woodpecker. Yeah, on yeah. his neck. Why? I didn't. Well, why'd they show that? Well, um, the the bad guy, the the horseman of the apocalypse, had the same tattoo. Right. He had the woodpecker right. tattoo. Yes. What he so, um, I know that like your first instinct is, are they related? Are they brothers? Are they whatever? But it's actually a prison tattoo. Oh, I get it. And of a prison gang, which may be or may not be a white supremacist. Oh shit! Prison gang. Oh shit! Wow. <laughs> so, um. They were called the Peckerwoods. <laughs> That's awesome. And they had Woody Woodpecker was one of their their symbols on their dick. That, um, that no, oh, it should oh, be okay. on their balls. So the other thing, watching this now, that's different. Is it's you got to remember that 1987. This was a super unconventional movie for the time. Watching it now, you see the influences in guys like Edgar Wright and and some of the newer filmmakers, and the stuff they did doesn't seem as like unique and unconventional because people have done it they've all copped it but 1987 this was a fucking weird movie uh for people I mean, it's still weird it's still me. weird like, i get based on this i don't think anthony would like any of edgar wright's other movies besides <laughs> ant-man baby driver 
Baby Driver. I think he'd like Baby yeah, maybe. Driver. That one's so good. Yeah. That's a great. That's a great song. Did you? You guys didn't enjoy the soundtrack. But what about the other with the zombies and everything? I think I've seen parts of Shaun of the Dead, and oh, I can tell oh. you right off the bat, I didn't like. You don't it. like that yeah. comedy? I got to find a comedy you like because that's those that that Cornetto trilogy that he did. I love all three of those movies: Hot Fuzz and The World's End. And Shaun of the Dead is one of the best comedy zombie movies out there. It's fucking great, but not for Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing that I don't get. All right. So Taika Waititi is kind of like a branch off of this. Absolutely. All right. Yeah. So they're all kind of like the, if you look at the, like the, the planets aligning of all of these different orbits that they're in, like Taika Waititi is not far off. It's like, he's like, in a, he's probably, a, you know, he, he's like a degree orbiting, of separation. Yeah. yeah he's like that. an orbiting away around this kind of, this kind of center. So it is crazy. Like you take Tim Burton, you take Terry Gilliam, yep, yep. you take all of these weirdo yep, directors yep. that do weirdo things that are quirky, that have eclectic tastes and that, you know, have esoteric shit going on in there. So like all of that stuff is, it's related. So it depends on what flavor you like. I love all those auteur directors. Cause you know, when you go see a Tim Burton movie, you know, kind of what you're going to, you're getting. When you go see Guillermo del Toro movie, you know what you're getting. When you see Edgar Wright movie, you kind of know walking in what you're going to get. Well, it might take time for me because yeah. initially when I saw Thor Ragnarok, I didn't like it yes, that much. Yes, and then I've come I've, to yeah, like me cut too. around on appreciating it. Me appreciating too. it. Yeah. But then the next type of film I saw Jojo Rabbit, I really enjoyed. Like, you liked it a lot. We might have to have you watch what we do in the shadows because I think you might. Well, we're, we're, eventually we will have we to because paying yeah. for it. Did you guys, you guys didn't, I enjoyed the soundtrack with the fucking banjo and the whistling oh, and the yodel. I hated it. No, it got stuck in my head. <laughs> it got stuck in my head. Uh, I want to talk about how. It's not my favorite <laughs> either to be honest. I want to talk about how they talk. Because in all the Coen Brothers movies, they love uh, dialects, regional dialects. In Fargo, it's heavy, thick, like, uh, uh, where is that? In Minnesota. Midwest? North, North yeah, Midwest. North like Minnesota. Minnesota. Yeah, Min- oh, funny guy. Really a funny guy, eh? This one, they invented a dialect that he described as what he would imagine these people, mostly what they read, how they would talk, and mostly what they read would be magazines and the Bible. Oh shit! So it's like cross between like Mark Twain, William Faulkner, Southern writers, uh, but it's very specific and weird, and it's like a whole made up dialect that they made up. And the de- the demon biker from hell, how can you not like a guy who blows up a bunny with a fucking Hated grenade? He Hated <laughs> he's shooting lizards <laughs> and blowing up bunnies, and I'm like, Hated it. I was like, what? It where? What? It where is this? Where does this fit into this fucking movie? Exactly why? It's just fucking quirky. <laughs> Uh, so look, I, I did, I pulled some quotes. Cause like we said, this movie, people quote, if you were a certain age, if you were in college, when this came out, this was like, your like my true romance where I could quote everything at true romance. It reminded me of true romance. It did. Oh really? Yeah, it did. Where- with, Cause with true romance's quirky little soundtrack, yep, of, like yep. playing the, I don't know what that music was, but it reminded me of the same thing. And it's thing. just like one thing after another and it just keeps fucking escalating. And I, I was by, I, at one point during the movie, I went. I, I don't like this so much that I'm I'm gonna come out and say if this wasn't the Coen Brothers, people wouldn't like this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, then I just backed off. It's that become and, well, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I could see that. I, I, it's a polarizing film, but I, I, I'm not gonna say I love it, but I do appreciate part aspects of it. Mm. I, I can't appreciate aspects. Of it. It's not uh, it's not my go to thing by by any stretch of the imagination. I feel like it, Im- this was right up Imran's alley. Oh, dude, I love the quirky color. Imran's brothers. trying to sell it to us like it's his favorite movie. <laughs> it's not my favorite of theirs, but 
uh, I have an appreciation watching it now and knowing their other movies. Um, I love it. My favorite Nick Cage line is where he's like, Edwina's insides were a rocky place where my seed could find no purchase. I love how they talk like Eugene from The Walking Dead. Like, that's what it reminded me of. Fucking <laughs> Eugene. And then the, the, the classic, freeze, get out of the ground. And he's like, which is it, young fella? You want us to freeze and get down? I can't do both. And then everybody just goes, okay, then. Okay, then. <laughs> Son, you got a panty on your head. That's a great line. That just makes me laugh thinking about that. And how weird <laughs> Nick Cage is. Uh, he's very strange he's in this movie. very strange. Young Nick Cage, like his career based on the decade, it changes. Like the, <laughs> his acting, like he was doing like Mystic Pizza and then serious stuff. And then he, this is like a peak. Is this his first like famous role or it's, no? I think it's uh, one of his earlier roles uh, because as we know, he does eight movies a year now because he needs Jesus to pay back Christ. the fucking tax collector. This wasn't, he was in Peggy Sue got married just before this does moonstruck right after this. And those three movies is kind of what like got him big for those three in a row. And then you got wild at hearts and firebirds and then honeymoon, uh, Peggy Sue that got married. Remember Peggy Sue got married. That's a time travel movie. His best movies face off. Uh, is it, you think so? I don't, I don't know. I just love face off. <laughs> I think it's, Face Off is in the conversation. Leaving Las Vegas, to me, is one of my favorites. Leaving Las yeah. Vegas is good. But he's good in also Lord of War. He's done some good shit and some really... Adaptation. Adaptation, really I, bad actually, shit. Actually, I'll give him credit, too. His um his role just trying to be Adam West and Kick-Ass is really funny. Oh, yeah. He does a good job as the aging uh, superhero, dude. Right. Uh, they initially wanted Kevin Costner. For the role, I don't know. I Which for raising Arizona, young, yeah, young Nick Cage, Kevin young Kevin Costner, eighty-seven. For oh, I can't see that. No, I don't know. That- I want, Nick Cage, although very crazy, I was like, yeah. this is. I'm not surprised Nick yeah. Cage would have done this. Yeah, he's just entertaining to watch in anything because he's such a fucking ghost writer. He's great. He's just pointing at things and drinking and drinking. No one, no one has better crazy eyes than Nick Cage. Yeah, he, he could definitely pull it off. That so rugs the demon biker from hell. Leonard Smalls was played by. Randall Tex Cobb, who's a boxer, I guess. He's not an actor. Mm. He did not know how to ride a bike, a motorcycle, and he broke his shoulder on the first day of filming. He crashed during a take and did the rest of the show on painkillers. Oh, shit. Which is probably why his fucking lines are so strange and, like, what is he doing in this movie? Well, he didn't need to do anything but be scared. No, and that was the point. They wanted a villain that would appear like what High would imagine, what Nick Cage character H.I. would imagine in his head, which is where it starts, but then this guy is real. Hmm. Uh, so, so yeah. what do you think? You want to rate this? Yeah, let's rate the fucking movie. Uh, it's, uh, let's start with Anthony. I know what. He's got a low score. Let's start with you, Russ. Yeah, I got a low score. We're gonna Unfortunately. Go, we're gonna, I, I, I'm gonna, I can guess what you're going to get. Unfortunately, as much as I can appreciate the filmmaking, it's not going to make it as low as some of the films I actually thought were complete dog shit, but... I'm going to have to go with a three and a half. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. It's not in the one, two category, but I was so unentertained by it that I have to put it really low. <laughs> Rugs, what would you give it? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, this is tough. But I mean, like, in a nutshell, I this movie is definitely something you should watch if you're into film and you want to see, like, the beginnings or the era of quirky filmmakers that do shit with hardly any money and can come up with entertaining action sequences and 
weirdo shit, you know, that's kind of its own little thing. Yeah. So I feel like it's a special movie. It's not my favorite movie. It's not something that I'm going to go back to and turn on and on again, but I do appreciate the camera work and a lot of that, a lot of the directo- directorial stuff. Um, so I'm going to give it a six. Oh, okay. Okay. Solid score. I think I'm landing in. Look, it is an important movie in terms of American comedies, you know, of the last hundred years and, and, and in terms of the careers of the Coen brothers, because you, you know, it's just like listening to our first episode of our podcast. You see where we started. I love seeing these directors, uh, evolve. And there's a lot of, a lot of, a lot of actors like Holly Hunter, John Goodman, uh, that have become part of their troupe and they all started here. Francis McDormand, who is married to Joel, uh, Joel Cohen at the time, I think it still is. So I'm going to go seven. I'm going to go straight seven uh, in terms of very unique inside quirky comedy. I, I got a question real quick. Yeah. Are the Cohen brothers still brothers? They are actual still biological brothers, unlike I know no, they, they made it. They made it to the, the end. Wachowski. Because there is oh that the, okay. I was getting them confused no, with the, the sisters. Well, they, those are the Wachowski sisters. Right, right, right. Okay, we'll give us Matrix. There's four. a lot of brothers. The Fairley brothers. There's the Fairley brothers. The Zucker brothers. There's the Zucker brothers. Yeah, yeah. The Russo brothers. The Russo brothers. There's the, the Russo brothers. brothers. Yeah. And there's the Mario brothers. And then there's of course <laughs> you and the Mutabi brothers. You can't forget <laughs> Mutabi brothers. Where's who's that? That's from like remember that skit from where the where, where they go to the club with uh, Chris Kattan. Oh yes, the 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 rock the uh that's the, the rock live at the Roxy. The oh, live at the rock. Roxy, the Roxbury brothers. Roxbury, yeah, brothers. those guys are great. Roxbury. Trying to dance with the chicks, they look just like I do in a club. <laughs> you, me, you, no, yes, no, okay, fine. Uh, let's go back. <laughs> they just start <laughs> thrusting into them violently, and that's what oh. you should do with this movie. Raising it works Air, every raising time. Arizona, make sure you're thrusting while you're watching it. Uh, good pick, Wes Cranford. For me, anyways, not so much for the Anthony, but I was happy to go and watch it again. Yeah, because I, as I said, it's not my favorite film, and I was like, you know what? Let me. And I said that when we were talking about it, I was like, this is going to be a challenge, but I'm up for the challenge. I think Fargo, still one of my my favorite Coen Brothers movie. I'll say that I enjoyed. I didn't know I did enjoy it, but I'm happy that I at least can say I've watched another film like this, so yeah. that I I have a more well-rounded perspective on filmmaking. I mean, their use of music is great in movies like Quentin Tarantino. Oh, brother, where art thou? I love that soundtrack. The bluegrass soundtrack uh, was fucking great. But I w- my my opinion of of movies when I was a teenager was. I'm watching, I, I sat down and watched this. I remember my friends like, you gotta watch this movie. And I go, well, there's no hot chicks in here. <laughs> Number one, all right? Number two, there's nobody cool in this movie. Uh, Nick Cage wasn't cool at the time. Yeah. I don't like rednecks. Yeah. I really couldn't stand wow. that. You know, I'm being from the city, a city dude. Yeah. I don't like country music. I don't like any kind of like yodeling going on. <laughs> I don't like any of this. I don't like people with fucked up teeth. <laughs> so, it, 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 yeah, of course, it's a very... It's a very- don't watch Tiger King then. You're not gonna enjoy. Yeah, I'm not gonna watch that. all. You just described fucking Tiger King, which so, they're releasing a new episode uh, soon. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to rally behind a film when when you're used to watching films as a way to like you have an escape in a fantasy. Yeah, I'm not trying to fantasize about being in Raising Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> like, I want to be Rocky Balboa. You don't want to be H.I. McDonough? I want to be fucking the Karate Kid and end up with the girl at the end and, and learn the lesson about life. Oh, yeah. Those are great movies. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I want to fucking be fucking Tom Cruise in any movie. 
like just being the best there is at what he does. What do you at the end of this movie? You're just like I don't know. You're rooting for maybe Ed and High yeah. a little bit. I don't know. You're, you're right. kind of just like, oh, I guess they did the right thing. They did end up. They're shitty. Everyone's shitty people, but they did the right thing, which is. Uh, well, there there is something to chew on yeah. about that, about like, yes, bad people can are not always just all bad. They can change. Well, or, or, I mean, even to just people, people do bad things, but still do the good things at the same time. Yeah. They can do. It's not just one or the other. It's just a, it's a. It's a, it's a weird it's a whole gray area and that's kind of what they were uh you know playing with here so good pick Wes Cranford uh thanks a lot for your patronage let's do some news from the nation it's time for news from the nation it's time for news from the nation <laughs> <laughs> now I feel better. Uh, this is the segment where I pull quotes and comments from our Facebook group and our emails. Jock and Nerd Nation, join it today. Jimmy, Sh- Jimmy Shea, nerd. Jimmy Shea uh, just posted, just watch Superman Red Sun, the new DC animated movie. It strayed a little from the source material. They always do. But overall, I thought it was great. I love the Bruce Tim style animation. It had a great voice cast. And as an added bonus, there is a super cool Phantom Stranger animated short on the blu-ray check it out i mean what else are you doing nerd. Uh, i want to check this out i love i love reading the red sun it's a very good book i've never actually read it i know the it's kind of the general idea of the story but it's got a batman it. with a babushka who's wearing a babushka Ooh, it's like I a love russian, babushka man babushka i'm man. always a big fan yes. of the word babushka babushka so. it's russian batman yeah and the idea is what if uh kal-el landed in moscow and not in heartland america Alternate universe. Oh, sort of like Brightburn. A little bit like Brightburn. <laughs> except no. uh, Brightburn's not a communist. And he's just a shitty kid. And apparently this was good in Brightburn. Yes. As you may know, it's not. Not, not so much. But yeah, I'm dying to check it out. So thanks for the review, Jimmy Shea. And then Justin Swerner post, has the jock and nerd started a D&D game yet? <laughs> Me and I'm sure a lot of other listeners would love to hear you guys do it. I bet you guys... Creating your characters would be a funny episode. Is that was that Dungeons and Dragons? Dungeons and Dragons. D and I don't even D. understand what that is. Okay, so this is the problem, and this has come up before, right, Rugs? We've discussed this. Yeah, I would totally be down to do this, but we need someone who's a, can be a dungeon master and can be entertaining and can, can to explain to Anthony and myself because I've never actually played a role playing game. Anthony, if you watch Critical Role. On YouTube, it's like four-hour streams. I don't think you can see Oh, my God. Uh, what? It's four-hour streams of people playing Dungeons & Dragons, and they get, like, millions of views. People watch this live. Is it's the crazy. Dungeon Master anything like the Key Master from Ghostbusters? Yes. Are you the gatekeeper? Well, the Dungeon... Okay. That is hot. Well, this is how Dungeons & Dragons works. Yeah. Basically, one dude comes up with the... It comes up with the entire movie. He's like God right? and your narrator. He, he comes up with exactly what's going to happen. He knows what's... And he kind of has a plan and he's got rules that he's got to stick by. He's got like, you know, he's got a, a book of all the stats of everything that can happen. Anything that he, he can throw at you, he has. So there is like a frame of reference. And you're basically going through this adventure as you, your character and your character's powers. And basically you have to roll 
uh, basically to see if whatever you want to do in the game actually happens. If, when things happen, yeah, and how much yeah. of things so happen. So basically, it's you're an interactive thing, interactive story, interactive movie, and you you partner with it's your like friends. Playing your a friends video game it. without the actual video game, just yeah, with it's people. No, it, it's basically in lieu of having a system or a game. It's all in your head, you're just using the power of people. And their creativity. But I feel like rugs. Correct me if I'm wrong. That a good dungeon master is important for it's everything, right? That's what I thought. Because half the people don't know what they're fucking doing right. when they're playing the game. Exactly. And a good dungeon master will alleviate that, or make it worse. Or I mean, if a bad dungeon master will make it worse, and a good will that will help mitigate that. So you know, like, so that really matters, and to, for it to be interesting and to move along, and all that stuff. Plus, you need players that are good. Yeah, because yeah. they they help you figure out how to play. So if it's a bunch of people that don't know, this is what's happened every time that I wanted to play Dungeons yeah. and Dragons. Nobody knows what the fuck they're doing. <laughs> we all just give That's up and we don't do it. That's it. No. So That's, the people what? that persevere, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. The pre, the people that persevere and actually get a game together yeah. and they keep doing it, yeah. they end up. A lot of people end up doing their own thing. They they don't stick to their rule book because like who's fucking watching? Yeah, Nobody. There's do, no one sitting yeah. there going. So they all kind of make up their own rules. And they end up having this kind of like ongoing adventure that goes on for years and years and years. And they kind of go and they play this game, this character and th- through various stages of whatever. So whatever, that's the game. I always thought it would be cool to have a, a game, a game night one night, like every, like every month and go, I'm going to do my game. I want to go fucking see what, what happens to my character that, you know, in this installment. But like, and the guy has like a month to think about it. Yeah. Like what kind of crazy shit he could put us through. So, uh, but it's never happened. So it, my dream is dying. So like, look, I, I even went to the, I, I went to the extent of ordering a Dungeons and Dragons, um, compendium, yeah, yeah. all the beast book. Yeah, I have everything. There's tons of books and I just things. Never even, it, you know, never, I never got around to doing so, it. So uh, let's look, I'll put this call out there, listener or nation. If there's someone out there who is a solid DM and has their shit Excuse together. You? Yes, DM. Oh, it's not a BM, not a Bowman. <laughs> oh, okay. I, had a, I had a loose BM earlier. Uh, a solid dungeon master that can bring us kind of a lighthearted, easy intro game. I will make sure it looks and sounds great. I'll help produce it. We will. I would love to play an improv game, but I need a dude that knows what they're doing that can kind of run like, everything. This is really, you know, where this has a really big foothold yeah. is in LA. Oh, because this is like. What actors dream of. That's true. Oh, I get to practice acting. Yeah, I get to pretend. practice being a character. Yeah, yeah. And so all of these actors and actresses now are doing Dungeons and Dragons and it's huge. Like it, that's why this uh, critical role is caught on. There's literally like anybody that's in an, a nerd adjacent community yeah. has a D and D game yeah, going. Yeah. And so. there's tons of Dungeons and Dragons podcasts with continuing games. Which is kind of what Justin was alluding to. I think it would be hilarious if the three of us did it, us not knowing what the fuck we're doing. It would still be very entertaining. I would have a lot of fun. I just need someone to come in with a whole set of rules and uh, help us build characters or whatever. It sounds like a long process. And this is, show is already a little bit of work. So I feel like that um, you need you need to have the reason why the, what works the best is that you go into a game as the the novice with a bunch of people that know what they're doing. Ah. So you're like, you're not really for them to carry you along. It's not a big deal, but if it's a bunch of people who don't know what the fuck they're doing, yeah. it could be a slog. And also no listener. If we do this, I'm going to have to force Anthony to do this. He's probably not going to enjoy it, but that may be funny. 
what am I? I'm, I'm so I'm role playing. Yeah, you That's would. Pre- all I got, you honest. would pretend to be a character, and then someone would toss you a situation, and then you just be like, "Okay, I want to do this. Can I do this?" And then fucking roll. But you get to come up with your. So you could play you as a character. I don't know. Someone fucking get something together and uh, give us. Send us a proposal. It's a great idea, it but it's. Ideas are great, but actually executing Execution them is it's a different. It's a little tough. I have thousands of ideas. Yes, none of them can be done. <laughs> none of them can be done in this material. But they're world. all great. Yes. But well, uh, that, that of, was one of them. All my ideas are great, and they're never going to get done. All right, look, let's uh, wrap this up with a little. What are we watching this week? I just want to note to the listener and you guys. Uh, Oscar Best Picture Parasite is now available on Hulu. Oh shit! I uh, made my mom watch that. Oh, she, oh, what did she think? She thought it was great. She yeah. was she did not expect it to get scary in the middle. Yeah. And she was. At, she's like, "Can you? Is this like she's at like what? What's going to happen?" It <laughs> got a little tense. Like, is, yeah. is it like I would have rather known that this was going to be this type of a movie? No, no. But this, she thought it was great. You and it's a, like you just said, it's a movie where you don't want to know anything about it going in, and I think that yeah. is the best you way. Could, you could have a bongathon because all a lot of bongs movies oh, are yeah, on. You could watch Snowpiercer Hulu. and Host. The Host is on. There, it is on. Which Hulu? Is, I think everybody should. Ooh, watch I might have it. to check that. Okja his movie. Okja is on Netflix. Yeah. That's Netflix, a charming, yeah. charming but, movie. The both of you should watch the host. It's all right, okay. well, I'm gonna check and out. I, I want to watch it again. I'm gonna check out. I've the already host. seen it like ten times, but like I watch it again. But um, what have you been watching, Rex? Um, Westworld. Uh yeah, that's uh, it's come going along at a pretty good pace. Yeah, I'm watching it. I'm like, uh, I'm I'm in. I'm still in. I'm in it. Um, it's interesting. I don't know exactly what the fuck I'm watching. I don't, yeah, uh, yeah. I, that show is like I don't know what's going on, but it's cool. I think so. Okay, this was the big reveal. Did you did you watch it? I'm gonna spoil the shit. I watched it. All right. So basically, they lead you to believe that she had left Westworld and taken a bunch of people. Uh, yes, she stole hard drives the spheres, the different characters the yes. that are that, which are the different people's personalities that are these different and. You're thinking the whole time since the, the series started that she has put these people or, or recreated these people. And like you think Teddy's in there or uh, the yeah, other guy that's not it's around? it's all her. It's all Dolores. Oh, she made an army of her. Yes, she's in, uh, the, she's in the samurai's body, right? And she's yeah. in uh, – uh, who else is she in? She's in uh, – what's her name's is she, body? Is she in Maeve? I don't know if she's in no. Maeve. I don't think it's Maeve. No, she's in Charlotte Hale. She's in, yeah. And she's in herself also. So I think, and she's, so she's in everyone's fucking body. It's all Dolores's. And is, it's all her. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And that's interesting because uh, that kind of like, well, she has, that's the perfect army, right? Yep. Yep. Like yep. You, they're all, they're all going to do what you want to do because yep. you all have the same thinking, yep, right? Yep. Well then, that that'd be interesting too if she fucking betrays herself. Yeah, how's she gonna? Is it the one mind, or do they all independently think? I don't know. Or they all I have to know. listen to the main Dolores. That's very interesting. But this is what I. This is not something I'm watching. But I just want to talk about this really just briefly okay. because I don't. I, I did not read this X Men shit. Did you read any of the new X Men shit? No. What comic books? Yeah. No. Oh. All right. So I guess there's a new X Men. Stuff that I mean, there's new X Men stuff that came out. I think in the past year, yeah. And I just watched a video explaining what Is was this going powers on. Powers of X and House of X. Yes, and and it blows my fucking. So I mind. may have read the first issue of the Powers of X, but oh, I don't remember yeah. it. I don't remember it. I'm gonna spoil. Okay, it. here we go. Spoiler alert. 
All right. So basically, um, what I know is that there's vi- it's basically the X Men at different timelines. Yeah. All right. So that's like X Men now, X Men into the future, and then X Men really far in the future. What happens to mutants and far in the future? Right. Yeah. So they have so they there's three four different timelines. And then they have, and then they have like the X Men are all on this island called Krakoa. Who was that? Krakoa is actually a mutant. Yeah, it's a that giant is an island dinosaur or something, right? Yeah. yeah, but he's a he's basically an island. Oh, the right? island is a living, a thing. living. He's yeah, like a yeah. living island that they all Whoa. live on. Okay. And the X Men all live on that place. Now this is the part that's fucking crazy, is that Mor- Moira McTaggart is a mutant. Okay, right? That she. She finds out that she's a mutant that basically does Groundhog Day. Like, uh, remember that movie with uh, Tom Cruise where he dies and he starts over again? Yeah, Edge of Tomorrow. We reviewed it on the fucking right. show. <laughs> but instead of starting in the middle of her life, she has to start her life from scratch. Oh, shit. Every time. So she's in the womb, has her memories of her old life. Oh, wow. And can't do anything. Until she can't talk until she grows up. She has the, the physical ability to talk. She can't walk <sighs> because... She doesn't have the physical bit, but she has all of her thoughts. Oh, geez. And every wow. single time she reincarnates, she tries to change the, the timeline. But she, and, and basically they take you through all of the different things that she's tried. And she eventually meets somebody who is like a, uh, a telepath of some kind yeah. of whatever, yeah. or, or some kind of future uh, precognizant or whatever. And, and basically says, look, your powers are not going to last. More than maybe a couple more times. So the, whatever you got, whatever you're trying to you gotta get it do, done, you got to get it done. But it takes you through all the different things that she's done. She's, she's been like um, a, a bad guy. She's been a good guy. She's been like a fucking scientist. She's been a fucking regular person that gets married and has kids. But these, so these are whole lifetimes that she has to live, and then and go it back just and starts do it again. over and restarts every time. And then it, it, it just cra- wow, that's crazy. It, but the craziest thing is. All of these ideas are ripped off of Dune. Oh, really? <laughs> so, um, anyhow, it's just crazy. He just turned X Men uh, into Dune for a new. Re- a so, reboot. I guess somebody read Dune and decided to incorporate a lot of it into X Men. This X-Men. is great. I could get two hundred issues out of this. So, I just wanted to mention it. It's just the most wacky shit I've ever heard. Yeah. And I wonder. I, now I'm curious to see how it plays out, but I'm not going to read these comics. I'm just going to yeah, just we'll, wait for somebody to make a YouTube video. Just watch the about comics it. historian. I'm like now, yeah. I'm just now. I'm like a modern comic book fan that doesn't read the comics and just watches the YouTube videos and thinks I know everything. That's what you should do. I don't need to read them anymore. Way to help the industry, there, Rugs. That's spot huh? spot on. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what, look. They created this, right? Yeah. They, that's what that's what the kind of fans that they want. So I'm just being what they want. Don't even get me started on the new New Warriors <laughs> reboot. We're not even talking about that. Just no, we're not. Just listener, just Google New Warriors reboot, and your jaw will drop. Uh, it, you know, a safe space. Yeah, and right. Snowflake. Yeah, and Snowflake. Uh, Anthony, uh, you have anything <laughs> that you were watching aside from those movies that's a particular interest? Well, I'm not going to watch them again. No, I'm saying I'm t- yes. Anything else? Uh, you know, I've recommend. got some things in the till that I might watch. Yeah. I, I might invent, get around to watching Pulp Fiction by the next time. Oh, we... you've never seen that? Oh, oh shit. that's my it. favorite movie. I, I got that. I got. Uh, oh, if, Amra, if he, he doesn't like it, oh, it's this, this might be it. If you don't like oh, Pulp yeah. Fiction, that may be it. I got. Uh, I have to do uh, Stand By Me. So yes. That, that's in there. That's another sponsored one. Yep. And then I got the uh, other ones I'm thinking about. Maybe Us, as I mentioned before. 
I'm thinking about throwing on City of God. Her, I might, I'm probably do that nice. pretty soon. Nice. So. Well, that's a good one. Those are some of the ones in 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 mind right now. I Who can't wait to I'll see watch. what you think of Stand by Me after watching Goonies. That's going to be really interesting. Some of the and I some of the ones I think Dazed and Confused. Some of the ones Rug Boy. Uh, oh, Dazed and Confused. Richard Linklater. Yeah, I gave him a bunch yeah. of like different like. Coming, coming of, of age, age stories, movies. sure, right, sure. Because right, you got right, into right. like the the two thousands coming of age. I, I'll say just real quick, spectacular. Now, Wallflower are both. They're really, really good that good. Me. I liked both. Really, a lot. yeah. I'll have to check it out. But they're both like movies about fucked up kids going through high school. Okay, it's a coming coming of age. Uh, a couple other things I will recommend: the Harley Quinn cartoon show has started again. Oh my God, on the DC Universe <laughs> app, another thirteen. Uh, episodes coming out weekly every Friday is fucking hilarious and foul. Uh, season three of Future Man was oh, released on Hulu, and I didn't know. And I'm making my way through that. It's one of my favorite adult sci-fi comedy. I was thinking, I was toying with. Well, fuck, it. it's fucking great. Uh, I, it's just it's wacky, it's uh, silly, and it's it's got time travel and sci-fi. And then I did watch uh, Onward on Disney Plus, Pixar's latest movie, delightful. Another uh, that's kind of a coming of age movie, delightful adventure, really clever setup in the world and the world building. Uh, you watched Onward. I watched Onward. It's really good. Wow, dude! Look, listen to the setup. The setup is is, is is so clever. Like it's in a magical fantasy world where there's trolls and elves and unicorns, and it starts out saying magic exists in this world. But as the time went on, it turned out magic was really hard for people to use to like light their their inside house so someone invented a light bulb then someone invented other shit and then it cuts to the modern time in this world and it looks like our society there's cars there's buildings there's cell phones but everyone is like a minotaur or a troll or an elf and some people still believe in magic and the adventure happens it's pixar i see and it's pixar the fucking animation the way they make things look so real and you know they're not real is is fantastic. It's it's a great movie to watch when you're lit because you're like, wow, <laughs> look at the fucking detail on that shit. Uh, but I enjoyed it. Great voice cast. You got Tom Holland and Chris Pratt in the leads, so their chemistry is great, and uh, uh, the the rest of the cast is really good. It's a good movie. Good for the kids. Sometimes I like a good uh, kids animated movie that's a great adventure. I mean, it's not high on my list, but I mean, if I get bored, I know it's there. It's on Disney Plus, and then you can check out Artemis Fowl. I don't even know what the fuck that is. Apparently, based off I don't know, it's some young adult, yeah, bullshit. based off young adult books. So, yeah, yeah. all right, that's yeah. good, listener. Uh, how about you give us some uh, Apple Podcast ratings? If you got an iOS app, you live in the U.S. or wherever, just fire up the Apple Podcast, give us five ratings. Don't even need to leave a review; just light the stars up. We're still got 119, trying to make it to 200, inching. Ever so Inching slowly. closer, and we can apply to Rotten Tomatoes to be reviewers. Who, by the way, on Quibi, Rotten Tomatoes has a show, a daily show. It's like six minutes, and they like review and recommend a bunch of stuff that's out. Kind of helpful for like finding things or hearing other reviews of things. I really, I like that format from the Rotten Tomatoes. So, Quibi, it's all about the Quibi people. <laughs> This is crazy. This is crazy. This is crazy. Rugs, where can the listener find you? You can find me on Twitter at really Rugboy, where I am getting into arguments with people who don't get what I'm saying at any time. <laughs> I was I was having a discussion with a dude, um, uh, Kurt Busiek. Oh shit, he's the yeah the artist, the pencil no, writer. writer. Yeah, and he was talking about how um, you know 
the the comic book industry is being affected and this and that about the coronavirus. And I'm like, well, there could have been a scenario where these people still could, you know, even though there's no new stock coming in, they could sell stuff and they could mail stuff out. And then they're like, what are you crazy? <laughs> people are dying. You can't do anything. I'm like, yeah, but there's plenty. You know how many fucking robocalls I get and dumb shit that I get? People are still out doing like home repairs. There's people doing all kinds of shit and they're supposed to not be essential. And they're still doing uh, stuff. However, I will say, I don't know if you guys have experienced this. The amount of fucking spam robocalls I've, I've gotten have gotten way down since this shit has started. Hmm. Oh, they're back. I, they I've been getting them, uh, this week. It has been, they've been picking well, up. I would big get time. several, like six to seven a day. And that hasn't happened since this fucking lockdown. Yeah. They're start. I, I feel like this week they're starting to pick they're, back up. I want to open I'm those. Like, Why right. are you opening those offices? That's not essential. We don't need this. Yeah. That, that's that, de- like, like that type of, uh, marketing shit is not essential, but they're open. They're so, I'm still getting fucking mail. Still getting all kinds of bullshit. It's the worst. So, I mean, yeah. like, there's plenty of places that are not essential. I guarantee you, uh, Amazon is shipping someone. This is actually something that happened. Like people walked out of Amazon working at yep, Amazon. Yep. They're like, why am I shipping people's dildos yes. in, <laughs> in this time? Yes, this is not like, important. There's beauty products yeah. getting mailed out. There's all kinds of shit that is not essential that people are doing. It's just delayed though. It's not, you're not yeah. getting it in two so hours. No, but they're still doing there. Yeah. They're still at the, they're still wasting their time. They're wasting manpower doing it. So to act like what I said that these, because like restaurants, for example, they're closed, but they're still delivering food. They're not making their nut that they have to cover for their bills, but they're making something, you know, that it's going to like close that gap of the, of the fun. Just drop that pizza on the porch and back the fuck up. I'm like, these stores, they could do something if, you know, if they wanted to, or if people, I don't know, they they got razor thin margins to begin with. And that's, it's tough. It is tough. Yeah, but I said that, and then the, the backlash I got <laughs> was ridiculous. <laughs> and then my favorite part is after I had this conversation with Kurt Busiek and all these other guys, and we talked it out, we 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 mulled it all you over. Up. The next day, yeah. some assholes like, but the same exact thing we just <laughs> talked about. I'm like, do you realize we had the whole conversation? And everything you're saying is irrelevant. Mr. Late it's, to the game. Yeah, yeah, and and I just embarrassed the shit out of him. Yeah, then just block the motherfucker. No, nah, just don't block. <laughs> Follow. But that's what you're missing out on, this, kids. Yes, follow Rugboy at really Rugboy on Twitter for all this entertainment in our quarantine life. Check the show notes, jockandnerd.com slash 323 for links to everything we talked about, how to support the show, how to subscribe, how to stay in touch, uh, and spread the geekery, share the show, tell a friend. Thanks for listening to the Jock and Nerd Podcast. My name is Imran. My name is Anthony. He's the Jock. He's the nerd. We'll peep you next time. Were you guys doing that on purpose? Doing what? Doing what? Saying it at the same time. No. <laughs> Lame. <laughs>